0: So, obviously, there's a lot to go over with the team that you have on hand this year, but I would be remiss not to talk about the team that you have coming. And a little bit of a sore subject, I would think, for a lot of coaches around the country uh, is something that you've experienced as well with Charisma Ortiz, who, despite Uh the fact that there's a coaching change, and she applied for a waiver, and typically in the past, that's been pretty straightforward – it didn't come to pass. It was, the waiver was denied. The way so many of them have been. Can you take me through just your experience on that side of it, and what you think of the current uh, setup and the current rules as they apply to transfers here?
1: Well, I mean, I think the one thing that we all have to remember, as we, you know, that you get frustrated with the appeal process and whether it's, you know, how it's working and. I think the one thing that we don't know is for the ones that do actually get the, you know, get the appeals, we don't know their story. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: I try to just keep that in mind. Like we, we don't know what someone else's situation is. And I mean, quite honestly, I didn't expect uh, Charisma's waiver to be accepted. I mean, I, you know, I we appealed it. We tried everything we could, but I, I definitely – wasn't necessarily on the side of thinking that that was going to happen. I mean, it, it, if that was going to happen, then they might as well just say, okay, anytime there's a coaching change, kids should be allowed to transfer and be eligible. But that's not the rule. So, But should that um, be the rule?
0: I, I mean, it, it just um, feels like
1: it, you know, it doesn't I help know. anyone. I, mean, I, I, think, I think that kids are really most of them should be deciding on in particular, women's basketball. I mean, I, I do think the degree is important. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think the coaches is incredibly important, also, and the staff, uh, current players, all of those things. But I also think that once they commit to a school and a city, and getting a an degree, then you know that should be the main focus for them. And that's what you wish that they would they would get to the point to is that. It's about what school they choose, Mm -hmm. you know, not necessarily who the coach is or who the assistants are and all of that. Um, Again, I kind of go back to Joyner's situation. It's been, you know, I I just appreciate the fact that she, we've had coaching changes from assistants. We've had, you know, she's had different position coaches and, you know, she wanted to get a degree at the university of Texas and she was committed to Texas. And I appreciate that about a kid because I, I think that's, you know, it's a life lesson for her. She stuck it out. Um, she'll have a T-ring. She'll have all the, you know, she'll be a Texas ex, and she'll have all the benefits of that that go way beyond the four years that she spends here. It's and true. I think that too many of them are not keeping all of that in mind. I mean, once you, once you stay somewhere four years and you have a four-year career at a school, then you are a part of a legacy, and those ties go way, way beyond just a couple of years. I mean, those go into your, into your professional career, uh, whatever you choose to do professionally. And I just, I just think that we need to get to the point where there's a little more thought process going into that.
0: Yeah. I, and you're absolutely and right. It, not, you know, huge. we're not
1: there yet. I don't, I don't necessarily have an opinion on how the transfer status should go. I mean, that's for someone else to decide. I have to, I have to adjust Right, I think all of the coaches are just having to adjust to the world that we live in right now, which is that you don't know what your particular roster is going to look like the following year. you can't control the portal you can't control the um you know whether they deny or or admit a waiver I mean there's we can't control a lot of this, and we can spend all of our time worrying about something we can't control or we can just try to dive in with the kids that we have and and grow them and, and you know, this particular team I have right now, I mean, do we wish we had a few more players? Probably so, but I tell you what, I wouldn't trade them for the world. Mm-hmm. And I love coaching them and, and I love that they're buying into the process of, of being better and that's to me a little more enjoyable than some of the other things that we involve ourselves in with coaching.
0: I mean, without question what you said carries a, a great deal away which is that it is a huge decision and the ability to stay in one place and be able to build and develop networks for whatever you do professionally is is vital and of course at Texas there's uh, particular advantages to being there as well I, I remember talking to no Imani question
1: McGee I mean Stafford we have the largest it. yeah I mean yeah. Imani would still tell you that I mean yes. Amani knows that you know the network that she's built and the people that she can come back to not only at in the athletic program, but in the McCombs business school, I mean, mm-hmm. she has built lifelong relationships that will go way beyond basketball for her. I and, get- you know, I hope Imani comes back here and gets her master's one day because she's a brilliant young lady that has so much ahead of her. And, uh, you know, I, the university of Tes- Texas's network is, is it, you can't even describe it. I mean, it's a, we have the largest alumni base in the world. Um, You know, those are there's so many things that go beyond basketball. If they just stick it out, and I think every university would say that in a sense of, you know, if they if they just stick it out, there's something to not just. I mean, forget about the you know the connections that they make. There's something that has to be said for people just sticking to something. Mm -hmm. You know, and not not. I mean. I say this all the time. There's not probably not a freshman in the country that's going to tell you that they're happy. <laughs> it's a hard transition. It's, it's a really hard transition to make, and if they just stick it out, by the time they get to be, you know, the end of their sophomore year, end of their junior year, they're starting to figure not only the sport out and what you know what's expected at, at this level, but they're also starting to figure out like who they are and mm-hmm. what they want, and it's um, it's an important important um trait i think to to learn how to stick something out because everything's not going to be perfect in life and i think just to be able to say i've committed here and i'm going to get i'm going to figure out how to make this pro i'm not even talking about texas i mean just how can i be successful in what i'm trying to do how can i just worry about me and worry about my job and then the rest of it will take care of itself there's it's a life
0: lesson. There is absolutely value to that. To me, the question is less about: Is it a huge choice, and should people make those individual decisions to stick it out? And and you're right, it absolutely is dictated by circumstances that much of the time we don't have the ability to see. The thing that sticks out to me, and you could speak to this better uh, than I can by far, is the lack of transparency. You, know, you talked about you can control, you can't control, but not even knowing in many ways the details of the process or how the process is going forward or when the process is going to be resolved. It seems like that's something that can and should be cleaned up. Whether, whatever the terms ultimately are for making those decisions, just being able right. to have that clear pathway for coaches to be able to know, understand, and plan accordingly seems like a reasonable ask of the NCAA.
1: I think if, the, you know, I guess if I could give just what I think might be the easiest thing to do is just, you know, figure out a process or a policy and it just be the same for everyone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, make make it just cut and dry and then everybody understands and we don't sit around trying to dream up appeals and blame the last school that they were at it like just just get a process that's very cut and dry and we'll all live by it and and i think that would probably make it easier for all of us i think the transfer portal is not probably not going away i I don't think the world that we live in is going to change anytime soon Mm -hmm. um i'm happy to have charisma ortiz uh, (laughs) because that's the landscape that we live in right now and if we if we don't you know, for not. I mean, I I can remember days that, went in my early years of coaching, where if you you know if you transferred, there really was probably something wrong. Right. There was really really something wrong with 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 the situation or the kid, um, and you were probably going to get that if you took them, and I I think now that's not the case. I I don't think there's something wrong with every kid that transfers and. I don't even think there's something wrong with every school that they transfer from. I mean, it's just not possible.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: just the climate that we live in and it's the society that we live in right now. We have to make the, the changes with that. It will just be easier if they just make the the policy or the, or the rule just, just cut and dry. But again, I mean, I, you know, we have to, we have to change with the times and you know, there's, I use charisma as an example. I, she's a wonderful young lady and I can't wait to coach her uh, and have her as a part of our team because she's very gifted. Mm-hmm. Um and that's I, I just use her as an example because again, I used to think there's got to be something wrong with them if they're if they're bailing, but that's just not the case anymore. We just have to um it, it'll be easier if we can get the policy Across the board,
2: I
0: I would think so, and and she's a very U player, so I'm I'm very eager to see her in that system. There are some others you have coming in who also are really intriguing. Whether it's Katie Benson coming as a a transfer uh, from Harvard, or even this new recruiting class with Ashley Chevalier, uh, the point guard. Can you take me through the way in which you see them uh, adhering to and replacing some of the really significant players you have uh, graduating coming out of this year?
1: Yeah, I mean, the very first priority for us, and again, this was before we had um, a couple of departures, I mean, the very first priority for us was understanding that we were losing Suge and LaShawn all in the same year,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and even Izzy Palmer came in here with a, a bit of an injury, so we knew that we needed to address the point guard situation very quickly. Uh, we were very, very fortunate that Ashley Chevalier decided last year as a junior, and we knew that we had had a young player that was willing to come here and and take the responsibility of that position very seriously, and Ashley does. The best thing I can say about Ash is that she's just a winner.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, She's undersized, and I mean, probably people would look at her and say she's definitely got some limitations, but I, I don't see any limitations in her competitive spirit and her ability to make others around her better. And I think those are the qualities that you're looking for in a point guard. That that sounds um, a little did, bit like
0: an undersized point guard who has done relatively well, yeah. you would say, considering yeah, she's in the WNBA now. <laughs> and so
1: That's exactly right.
0: Do do, do you like that? Uh, do you look for that?
1: Uh, not necessarily. I look for um personalities. Fair enough. I, I think that I I I like I like point guards that have some grit and a little personality to themselves and you know, aren't afraid to stick their nose in things. And, you know, Ashley definitely is, is, has those characteristics. She's, she's the, the daughter of two coaches
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you can tell, you yeah. can tell that there's a an edge to her. Um, with Katie Benson, I mean, that was obviously a late, a late addition as far as thought processes for us. Um, but I'm super excited about her just because She's she's so hungry. Uh, she she wants to be in a program. She has one shot at playing in the NCA tournament. She has one chance to she has one chance to go and and experience um, a power five situation, uh, being being in a power five conference. And I think she will make the most of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I loved her game at Harvard.
1: Yeah, I mean she 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 also will bring a three point shooting quality to us that you know we'll definitely need with um, Suge and, and LaShawn both leaving but'm I'm, I'm really just excited about both of those kids as far as their leadership qualities mm-hmm. uh, I you know Katie obviously will have so much more game under her belt and playing time but um, her her ability to you know to 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 speak her mind and to lead I think is going to be much needed with our team
2: mm-hmm. uh, she
1: has a real positive uh, upbeat personality and I think that she's, you know, she's already studying and doing the things that I think point guards need to do and, and she'll um, she'll fit in very nicely. And then we just signed a you know, we signed a couple of bigs that I think will will develop. Um, I don't think we'll ask them to do the same things that Joyner Holmes is doing right now for us immediately, but they will, they'll develop. Uh, they have size, they, you know, they have toughness and I, I think that You know, Shay Holly fits in. All of them fit into um, fit into my style, and I think that was important for us to start to address. um, You know, who fits into the style of play that I like, and um, you know, what can we do to complement really the players that we have. To I I thought I think Charlie needs to be able to play at the at the forward spot some, Mm -hmm. and not have her back to the basket all the time. And we kind of addressed that with this group so that she can face up a little bit more than what she's doing right now.
0: That would be fascinating I
1: think to see. Be a ter- She'll uh, be more Charlie of a 4-5 or for you
0: come next year, you're saying?
1: She absolutely will be. She, she needs to do that. I mean, I think she... You now, Charlie can really shoot the basketball, and yeah. I think to be able to get her facing up a little bit more than she is uh, will be... It'll be a positive for us and for her.
0: I, I mean, it comes down to... And, and this is sort of my last... Uh, set of of questions which is that this program is significant it matters it's elite every year now uh there's you know you you coached under Jody so you know what Texas was but in so many ways that's what Texas is you're you're making the NCAA tournament every year you're relatively consistently making these runs the sweet 16 elite 8 you know you've mm-hmm. run into Uh, you know, some buzzsaw UConn teams along the way. But I wonder when you step back and think of it big picture, and I I certainly see this team as an obvious uh, NCAA, uh, not just a, a tournament team, but a contender again with who you have and the arc that it's on. Does this program feel relevant in the way you wanted to define it as when you got here. And and I guess the flip side of that is that there are critics who point out, well, no Final Four. And I wonder how you sort of balance those two things in your mind for where the program is and where you want it to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm really proud of what we've done. I, I think that that the group, you know, that, that took the job here, we knew that we wanted to get back to being really really competitive in the ncaa tournament we wanted to get back to you know having a chance to win the big 12 i mean obviously we haven't done that and that's that's really what i think everybody looks at
2: hmm.
1: um but uh, you know you could you could very viably look back at a few twists and turns that happened in the two seasons uh, prior to last year and you know we we have an injury in in two consecutive down-the-stretch happenings that, that went back-to-back back two years in a row that significantly affected our team. And I could look back at that and say, well, it, it, what if?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But nobody cares about what if, and I understand that. I understand the expectations that are at Texas. And what I can't lose and what I think anybody in our program can't lose is just what it, you know, the process that it takes to be good, um, how tough, really, really tough you would have to be to win our league. Um, and when I say tough, I mean not only do you need to be talented, but but the mental toughness that it takes to get through the Big 12 and overtake a team that has won it consecutive years, I think takes an enormous amount of mental toughness, um, some luck somewhere along the way. But I'm proud of our program. I'm proud of where we are. Did we, you know, did we not perform up to standards last year? No, I don't think we did, and I think I had a lot to do with that uh, because I I um, just wasn't. I didn't think I did a great job of coaching our team last year, but I wouldn't say that about this team right now. I mean, we've had some departures, we've had setbacks, injuries, but when I walk on the court every day, our team right now is trying to be the best they can be for the university of Texas. And that's what you're trying to teach them along the way. And you hope that the wins transpire from that. But, you know, I'm proud of what we've done. I'm proud of my staff. I'm proud of how hard we work and, I've been to a Final Four, and I understand how hard it is to get there. And, you know, I will never forget the lesson that I learned from that was that we went to the Final Four with a team that only lost two players, and everybody's, you know, automatically just thinking, oh, we're going to return again. We, you know, we're bringing in the National Player of the Year out of high school. We're, you know, we only lost two players. Everybody, you know, the majority of the team is returning. And it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen the following year, and I learned a lesson right there that you don't ever assume anything's going to happen. You, you have to put in the work, and then it still sometimes doesn't work out. And staying the course, to me, is more important. Um, you know, Staying the course in recruiting and making sure we're recruiting the kind of players that not only fit with my coaching style, but also fit at the University of Texas, because this is not an easy place. Mm-hmm. There, are, there, are, there are high expectations here academically, socially, and then athletically. And I think it takes a really special person to want to put that on their shoulders and and lead a team. Um, And that's what we're looking for. That's what we're looking for in recruiting. We're looking for someone that really wants to take the responsibility of being a high-profile player. And I I think we're we're stumbling on, on some of those as we move along. And I think that, you know, that's the one thing when you asked me what I was what I was most proud of with Joiner, mm-hmm. It's probably that she's trying to embrace the fact that this program's on her shoulders right now for this year. And it's on Shug's, it's on LaShawn's, and it's on Jada's, and the, and the young ones will follow them. And I'm proud that they've matured into players that are really trying to take that responsibility. And if you if you look at from a coach's perspective, if you look at players and you hope that they grew somewhere along the way while they were with you, then you, you have to be proud of that. And again, I, I understand what the expectations are. I don't shy away from that. I don't, I don't have any excuses. But I am proud of where we are.
0: When it when it comes right down to it, you know the the extent to which programs are judged of, on. And lead eight as opposed to a final four. And and it's a handful of plays over the course of a single Mm -hmm. 20-minute half instead of looking at the bigger picture. It it never makes a lot of sense to me to try and evaluate a program that way instead of looking at, you know, consistently not just winning, but the type of people who come out of your program. You know, whether it's Imani, whether whether it's Brooke, whether it's Ariel Atkins, uh, who was just... A, 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 an instantly beloved member of the Washington mystics when she got there and for very good reasons. And so to my mind, you can talk about, and, and I'll be White. honest with you, yes. those
1: are the kind of players, those, those people that you just mentioned, those are the people that that can be successful at Texas because right. of how they handle their business every day. It's not, it's not just about whether you can put a ball in a basket. I mean, the university of Texas is special. Mm-hmm. It, you have to be a you have to be a serious student. Um, you have to you have to want to meet the expectations here, and you have to be extremely driven. And I don't think it is for everybody. Uh, it's a unique institution, and I don't think that it is for everyone. And I think that when you speak of those players, I mean they you know, Imani. I just think about her growing process and how. When she became a senior, she, she that's who Joiner kind of reminds me of right now. Like I've finally I'm finally grown up enough to understand what it takes to represent Texas, and they they leave here with a lot of pride in being Longhorns. And I I think that we have to you know when I talk about recruiting a lot with our staff, I mean that's what we talk about is are we making sure that we have players that really understand that and they're serious about it, and that that's real important. If you're gonna if you're gonna be a coach here, I think.
0: Well, wow. it, it, it's clearly effective and clearly working, and certainly from the outside, being able to enjoy and cover the program whenever I get a chance is something I take particular pleasure in. So, uh, Karen Aston, thank you very much for well, taking sure the time I sure appreciate what
1: you do for women's basketball. Uh, I really do. Yeah. I, I think that it's it's vital and um, it's appreciated by all of us.
0: Well, I I appreciate that very much. It is 100% my pleasure. So, Karen, thank you for your time.
1: Thank you, Howard. Have a good day.